you're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 248. On tonight's episode, the smart manlike is going to tell the other manlike all about the meeting engagement, which apparently is taking a small army but playing it like a war cry game, which is sort of like bringing in things from two different really great parts and mixing them together and making it something even better. Or just, I, I, I don't really know, I haven't listened yet, but shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage and Tools, for the next two hours or thereabouts. We'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you the spearhead, main body, and rear guard. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I am Captain Spaulding. That's right. What's go? Oh, I am so excited. I am just... Uh, Oof, what a week I've been having. And that has nothing to do with the fact that work is god-awful, and I'm just happy to be recording. But let me tell you something. This is going to be a great show. I'm telling you right now, I am so psyched for this, just because I am in such... Can you tell? Can you tell? I haven't had... I've I've had about one soda a week for the past three weeks, Uh, but today... Uh, I was I was I, I had to, I had to grade all these papers, so I had an energy drink about a half hour ago, and I'm feeling re- it's like I'm feeling good. Let's do this. Do the snozberries taste like snozberries, Dave? The, hey, we are the dreamers of dreams. Just remember that. That's Excellent. what you need to know. Oh my goodness, Alex. Um, this whole episode is your suggestion. Like, I didn't even read this in the book. I just kind of like was glad, you know, I, you know me. I just flip through it and look at it like, mm-hmm. I, you know, and you're like, we should do this. And now I'm reading this going, this could be really cool. I wish I had someone to play with, but this could be really cool. So why don't we, uh, why don't we go through all the rigmarole, get done and get to break so that we can come back and do the toolbox and then talk about this. We're going to do a toolbox. What the heck? We haven't done one in months. There's a reason I suggested we do this episode, since so we actually do the toolbox. Um, <laughs> we should also probably take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your MDF and basing needs. Dude, they just put out a tower that they put together that is just awesome. And... Um, Oh, I got to talk to Kevin because I got to get new bases for the Harrison's LRL army because I don't, you, you can't, you can't start with them spaced out. They got to be touching. So I need new, I need bases without gaps. You mean movement trays. Oh yeah, yeah. Movement trays. That's what I meant. Thank you. Cause yeah, that's what I meant, but that's not what I said. It's okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. And Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. There's always something happening at. Grognards. I hit the bell early because I was just excited to hit the bell. Oh, my goodness. Yep, 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 yep. And guess what? Patreon. We have Patreon. And I want to take a moment right here to thank not just our our, our corporate sponsors, I guess you could call them, but our Patreon sponsors, those people who think that this show, even though it's free, is actually worth donating money to, and these are the people who make this show and everything we do on this show possible, and that includes our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, Lance Pear, and AJC. AJC. Our executive producers, Colin Miller and Andrew Frank Husen, and our newest patrons, James Glover, Christopher J. LaBelle, and Reed Bambridge. Thank you all for 
patrons past, present, and even those who are considering it in the future. Thank you all for being part of the 1% who make this show, this one right here, and all the ones before it, and all the ones coming up, possible. You guys rock. Oh, and Alex, did you know we have voicemail? We still have voicemail. I haven't canceled the voicemail. We have voicemail. Well, that's a relief. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, got to do what you got to do, right? Um, so, but, 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 but if I wanted to leave a voicemail. If you wanted to leave a voicemail, you would just call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Uh, if you don't have letters on your phone, that's 1-757-441-4696. And most international callers just dial 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. Um, we don't have any right now. I thought you said we had some at the last episode. Yeah, we got a bunch about the about the rant, and I said we're not playing those because that we're leaving that in the past. Ah. See, we haven't gotten any non-ranty stuff uh, since. And that's cool. That's cool. I get you. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm good. It's good. It's all good. Uh, but if you do want to leave a voicemail, you can call that number that I just said like 50 times. Leave a voicemail. We'll, there. we'll get it. We'll answer it. We'll be like, hey, listen to this. And we'll play it on the air. Unless it's not air appropriate, please keep anything inappropriate for children out of the call. Or, oh, you know, I might play it. I might just have to beep it. And it just do that thing to it. So, it, you know, it, whatever. It works. Wow. Yep, yep. All right. Wow, hey, that's, wow. wow. I, hey, the high energy. Hot start, high energy. I am going to infect you, Alex, with high energy. Energy, H-E Alex, he Alex, that's what it's going to be. High energy Alex, high energy Dave, running the show. When we come back, Toolbox. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Org Superstore. Chaos Org Superstore. I could do that all day. I could. I won't because, dude, no, that's obscene. But ugh, I could do that all day. And I can ring that bell. <laughs> oh, okay, toolbox. Um, have you done any hobbying? Like, in, um, of course you have. I see it all the time on the internets. You post up stuff you do. Like, not like that every single day. I'm uh, 50 days of hobbying. But you, you still post a lot. And I'd like to hear, I'm certain the audience would like to hear what it is that you 
Alex are doing. So I tried to get back on the hobby streak. Um, thank you, Dave. Uh, but honestly, I just got tired of doing it. Um, so at this point, I'm painting every day, but I'm just not posting it. So let me check my list. You got a list? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's more than me. Okay, let's hear it. Um, so since the last time we had a toolbox, I've painted 10 Graveguard, 10 Skells, um, a full 10-man Blade Guys Revenant unit, uh, Necromancer, the Craven King, uh, Morgox Crushes. From so, Warhammer Underworld. Okay. And then today I just finished the Silver Tower, Gaunt Summoner, and Zangors. Really? Okay. So, um, like, okay, what armies are you working on right now? <laughs> um, so I'm not working. Actually, no, that's not true. I have. Because um, you just named like 50 things. Yeah, so the skeletons and the necromancer were for Warcry. Oh, okay. So that's that. One. Uh, the blade guys were for my night haunt slash death army. Okay, so are you? Is it a combo, or are you doing a death army and a night haunt army, and you're kind of mixing up stuff? It's a c- c- combo. <laughs> Okay. It's just missing a large beverage in your set. Oh. Um, All right, so that's two. Yep. Um, Is this then, new? Did I not know about this? Like, I've seen you doing pictures of it, but have we not talked about you doing, like, I don't even know how many armies you have anymore. Like, we're going the exact opposite direction. I've I, I've sold off almost everything that's not uh, Night Haunt and Death. Mm-hmm. And, and okay. you... So we can play this game. Okay. Um, so I have my Deepkin. Okay, one. Uh, my Gloom Spike gets. Two. And my combined Legion of Blood Nighthaunt. Three. That's it? That's the, like, quote-unquote proper full-scale armies I own. Oh, okay. And then, okay, and then what else do we got? Let's... <laughs> Oh, this is like exploring. Okay, uh, what else? What else is there in the Alex Gonzalez uh, collection? I have all but one Underworld's Warband done. Wow, okay. Uh, and that's just the Blade Coven. Um, so it's the new Daughters of Cain Warband that just came out. They're next on the desk. I have two different Stormcast Warcry Warbands. Um, about half of the original Warcry Warbands, a Flesh Eater Warband, a Zinch Warband. Do I have to keep going? Because there's a lot of them. Okay, um, so you have, okay, but, okay, you have several. Uh, how many do you think you have? Just a number. How many Warbands do you have for, for Warcry? A dozen. A dozen. Okay, so you got three armies, a dozen Warcry Warbands, all the underworld. How many underworlds are, are there? Like I stopped. I'm. I, that, that's another one that had to go. I don't have time to play that game. Twenty six. So you have twenty six of those. Twenty five of which are painted. Oh, okay. And what else you got? You got any? Did you? Do you still have a forty k army? Not right now. You know, I got to tell you, I sold my storm, my space marines, my ultramarines, and I. I don't have time to play that game, and I really wish I did. I really wish I did because I will tell you. I don't recall 
a time I had more fun painting than when I was painting those guys. Like, and even though they were simple and blue and stuff like that, and I could do the good, but like the 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 the, the tanks and stuff, like the vehicles. God, that was just so. I, I just enjoyed that so much. Like I sold it all, and I'm looking at new stuff coming out, going, man, I'd like to just buy that and build it and paint it and then sell it. But then I don't want to sell it at a loss. But I just, I, I like, I just, I enjoyed buying and painting those so much. Yeah, they have, they do have a certain satisfaction that comes to them. But uh, no, I'm getting back into 40k strictly because of the Crusade system. So that's their uh-huh. narrative system. Um, oh yeah, I was read, I read about that a little bit about that. Oh. Yeah. So I'm only doing like a Space Marine half of the Indominus box. And okay. that's really it because okay. I want to be able to do that with my friends. Um, cool. Just from a narrative perspective. And that's it. Nice. So there's that. And then all I have left to do to get the list done is six death heroes. And twenty daughters of Cain, and that's it. Twenty daughters of Cain is that one of your half armies? That is the Warcry Warband and a and the Warband for Underworlds. Oh, okay. Wow, wow, that's bananas. Yeah, the issue is three of those death characters are behemoths, so it's uh, Manfred Neferata and another uh, vampire lord on dragon. Ah, well, that's not too bad. Yeah. That's but. a lot of stuff. Dang. Okay. What have I got? I've got, uh, well, I've got Night Haunt and I've got Legions of Nagash, which isn't all based properly because I'm still trying to get stuff off the squares on the Legion, but I got Night Haunt. Um, when, if I ever get down to Grognards, I will pick up the rest of Harrison's uh, Lumineth Realm Lords and then we'll have that. And then I've got Kira's Ogres. And I've got an old 7th and 8th edition Orcs and Goblins army in a box that's going to go. And then I've got Barnett's stuff. So I've got his Chaos Dwarves, his old Dark Elves, and his Tomb Kings. And I don't think he's ever going to play again. He might have me He might have me selling that for him pretty soon, which I don't mind. Cause, oh, and I found an entire Battle Foam tray full of uh, old metal Wood Elves, like the guys holding the spears. And some characters. The Eternal Guard? I guess so. They kind of hold them straight up and down. It looks really cool. Yeah, I got a bunch of those, like a tray full of them, like 20 or 25 maybe, and then a bunch of characters. I was like, I didn't even know I had these still. Hmm. So, yeah, but I've been, like, cleaning up and cleaning out and just making room for stuff. And But I've, I've, I've really sort of pared it down, and I'm kind of happy. I, like, I, I keep seeing stuff come out, and I just want to buy it. And I'm like, dude, you haven't even finished building your your your... Your realm lords, like, slow down, relax. Like, I don't know how you guys have time for all this. I don't. I mean, I, I know you're younger than me, and you're a young pup, and you got to stay home uh, in the evenings and stuff, and so you got time. I, I just don't. I don't know. Like, I don't have the time to spend. I, I just, I miss the days when I could sit and spend six hours in the evening and just stay up all night and just paint and paint and paint and paint when everybody in the house is in bed by like 8 o'clock. Now it's like I can't even get down here until 10.30 sometimes, and then it's like I got to go to bed by like 11.30 because I got to be up at 5. And I'm not complaining, mm-hmm. man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working out like five mornings a week. Like I am on it. I am doing well. 
I am close to my weight starting with a two. Like, I don't regret this at all. But God bless America. I just, you guys who have the time to paint every night, like, oh, good for you, man, because I'm just trying to get an army done. Like, if I could just finish the night haunt and then move along to uh, Harrison's Realm Lords or finish up, help, help Kira finish her ogres, just so I'd have some things to play with that are fully painted. Because even if Harrison's home and we pull it out, it's a lot of gray plastic. And, like, he doesn't care, and I don't really care. But I'd like to post pictures, but I don't want to post pictures of gray plastic because, you know, show and people and be like, hey, you know, you should better paint paint of plastics. And I just, I, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say? Because I'm not certain. I'm thinking I'm losing my thread here. But I think it's you know okay. what I'm trying to say. So just so you understand, um, of all of the miniatures that I've painted this year, uh-huh. I've painted a lot. Um, only 26 have been proper non con- non contrast or concept army. So? Okay, so it's 26 out of 371. So? You painted 307 contrast counts. I don't I don't care what anybody says, contrast counts. M- almost my entire Night Haunt army, which is like 200 models. And I've still got like 50 or 60 to finish. That whole ding army is contrast, except for the big characters, which I'm probably going to try to do a little better than contrast uh, because I want to put a little more detail in it. But there ain't nothing wrong with contrast. I, I hit it with a dry brush afterwards. I'll, you know, I'll do like a, you know, try to raise that highlight just a little more. But half yeah, of my army is half of my army is two coats, man. Here's a here's the here's the contrast. Oh, here I want to lighten this up a bit. Dry brush. Oh, look, this looks great, dude. That seriously, that is table standard, and that's good enough, man. Like, I I came to the realization I'm never gonna win a best painted, and I just don't care. Does it look good? En- do I like it? Does it look good enough? Or if people look at it, do they feel like, oh, that looks nice? I've had people look. I mean, you see this all the time. On the internet, people are like, oh my god, that guy's stuff is so great and my stuff sucks. But you know, someone else walks up to the table and they go, oh look, two fully painted armies. That's awesome. Like nobody, you know, when you're sitting here saying, oh, it's just contrast, you painted 327 models and they all look- 371. 371 models and they all look pretty darn good. Now maybe you don't think they're up to your best standard- Maybe it's not this perfect blending. Hey, I'm going to get a best painted nomination. Hey, I'm going to wind up uh, on, on uh, in 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 White Dwarf. But unless you're aiming to be in White Dwarf, what do you care? You painted 370 models. 300. I mean, that's something, man. Come on, don't don't yeah. sell yourself short. Or it's just contrast. No, it's just I don't know. I said no. Okay. Okay. Um. But then also my crushes got featured on the uh, roundup that Warhammer TV does. See? Well, it's just a hashtag. And? Yeah. Dude, my stuff is sitting on a tray here. And ain't nobody. It's not winding up on anything because it's not painted yet. So you've painted it. That's something. Don't sell yourself short. Don't, you know. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Alex! High energy. Be excited. You painted three hundred seventy-one models. Yeah. Yeah. 
Come on, Alex. Yeah. Hey, I painted. Say it like this. I painted 371 models. Say it like that. I have a sleeping baby directly above me. Oh, man. Okay, do, do it like this. I painted 371 models. Do it like that. I painted 371 models. Models. Come on, up at the end. Up at the end. I painted 371 models. Yes, there you go. There you go. Act like right, you're proud whatever. of yourself, man. Come I, on. I am. But then you look at it and it's like, that is no. a lot of plastic. That, oh, well, the, <laughs> that's the whole other conversation. We're not going to have that one right this second. But, oh, God. So you did. So you painted all that. Well, have you been doing any other hobbying? I mean, not like you, um, not like you need to be. Not really. Um, not that I can talk about it anyway. Oh, secret project. Do do do. Conspiracy corner. He's got a secret project. Conspiracy corner. He's gonna unveil it later. All right. So listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a stone horn or a thunder tusk. I don't know which. One of them's built. Uh, and then I'm building the other one right now for Kira. I'm gonna need your advice later on what to put on top of it, so because she just wants one of each, like an ogor. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you have been quite helpful. Um, you, you could have been helpful, and yet you were so much more. Um, yeah, because she just she wants one of each, but I just want to know what's like halfway, at least halfway decent to put on top of it. So I'm gonna ask your advice later, but not now, but later. Um, what else have I been doing? Um, Realm Lords, of course, Realm Lords. That's all. I, so I got the full set built from the box set, all sixteen models. Um, and then I managed to procure a whole second set. So I'm working on another sixteen models. Uh, but I, you can only use fifteen of them, right? So I, the well, the ones put aside. I may not build him right away, but I've got him, and I don't mind. It's like I've got him. I could use him. Um. For whatever. Oh, shout out. Um, mm-hmm. I picked up a Light of Eltharian. Oh, yeah? From Christian Effen Ware. Oh, really? Yeah. He well, bought four he boxes. Bought four boxes? So, yeah. I was there when he was buying them. I was like, what are you doing with four boxes? Yeah, so he uh, was nice enough to send me one. Um, That's really I still nice. need to pay him back um, because I said I wanted to paint it because it was the only. I wish I would have known. I would have given it. so you know. cool. It is. It's a cool model, and it's a cool concept. But so I got those, and let's see. Uh, what did I order for the boy? Uh, okay, now, this is his order. He's. This is going to be his his army. So it's like we're not – I didn't write out a 2,000-point list and, like, order that. Um, I was having this conversation with Rotor during the week. Like, there's two lists that intrigue me, and one is sort of a kind of hodgepodge bring a little of everything because I do like that, you know? Um, and the other one is that ridiculous, um, just bringing all spears and bows. But I don't want to buy like six or seven or eight or ten more boxes of models. So I'm not doing that army. But so uh, we picked up, uh, I picked up Teclas and two boxes of of, uh, air, of archers. And the the, what do you call them? The endless spells. Not those dice. Um, and then what else did I get? Oh, and then I got a, a giant cow and two boxes of hammer elves and uh, a stone mage. Oh, and I got one, either one or two. I think I might have gotten two of the Cathalars because those are really 
pretty awesome. But so he'll have a little bit of everything. And I'm mm-hmm. figuring that'll be enough just to sort of, once he gets a feel for what he likes and how he likes to play it and what he wants to do, because he'll be home. I think when they come home for Thanksgiving, that the whole school is just going back to being remote. So he may just stay home. Um, he's got an apartment out there at school, so he may just go back too because he's got an apartment, so he's paying for it whether he's there or not. But if they go full remote when he comes home for Thanksgiving, he may stay home, which means then we'll be playing. So he's going to try out, so i got to get all this stuff built and stuff like that. But that's what, that's my whole focus right now has been just doing that. And then every once in a while, uh, if I get really bored, I paint an ogre because with contrast paints, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, look, I felt like I did something. <laughs> um, and that's like been it. Um, yeah, that's been it. That and work, man. That's been my hobby. But it's, I've, I've really um, been enjoying uh, building the, the – I'm scraping mold lines like a madman. Like I, I, I didn't feel like I had to scrape so much on the Stormcast, and I didn't feel like there was so much Night Haunt mold line scraping. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I don't remember it correctly. Maybe I just didn't care because there was like 80 of those little chain rafts, and I could not care less if they had a mold line on them. Um, but these elves are so pretty. I just want them to look right. And they got some mold lines, and I'm in. Oh, it take uh, it's taking me forever to build these things. Like they're really mm-hmm. nice models. It's taking me forever though. So that's what I've been doing. You, have you been playing games? Because I think you've been playing games. I know you had Curtis, and you played some games at Curtis. Yeah. So we've been trying to do some limited gaming. Um, so we had uh, Curtis and Miranda, friend of the show. Uh, they came down and uh, played two games. They kicked my teeth in oh. uh, very soundly. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it was for me. It was finally get crossing two people off my bucket list. Um, Kurt was supposed to be my first game at Meltdown because uh-huh. uh, we've not played before and. Um, oh, so did so you we play the matchup that it would have been? Okay, and um, then I played Mira and just two of the best people you could ever choose to spend time with. Oh um, yeah, absolute riot! And then, um, so this is kind of a segue. We put a base, a uh, office in the basement. That's where I'm recording now. Um, Sweet. That's kind of like a combination. In my office. Plus me and Carrie's hobby area, and it's got um, my setup for four by six table. Um, so my buddies John and Chris came over to help me assemble a table once the office was constructed, and we played some meeting engagement, and that's where this episode started. Oh, all right. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Cool. Um. Yeah. So then I guess we should go to other. Because the only game I've played is Disgaea 4 or 5 or whatever the heck Harrison got me hooked on on his stupid Switch. Because um, Disgaea is awesome. That's, if you have OCD, that game is dangerous. Have you ever played Disgaea? No. Okay. You play and you can up level up these characters and you can play through the game, but you can also just play through... Um, you know, play, and as you as your characters level up, you can go into this place and then reboot them to their starting level. 
but they start off then with 10% of all the stuff that they've earned like as their base stats so that way then as they increase they can increase faster and so if you get them up to like level like I think it's like level 50 or 100 or some crap like that you can reboot them and then they level up faster so you do that a few times and then suddenly they're leveling up so quickly because they're getting a percentage of their starting stats that you can get them up to their max of like I think it's like 99.99 like they're level up but here's not only that not only can you just play one of these games where you want to grind and max out your characters the weapons that you buy come at a certain level and you can actually go into the item world where you go into the item that you want to use and as you fight through the monsters in the item, but it's like you're taking out the impurities and you're leveling up the item. So then when you're done and you come out, you've got this this uber weapon. So you could like totally just sit around and max out levels and play this game at this at at a, at, at to bringing it up to ridiculous levels of power. Like I'm talking like Dragon Ball Z ridiculousness levels of power. Like Naruto at the end fighting with one arm. Uh, with Sasuke type of levels of power. Um, and he got me playing that again. I haven't played since this guy won. And so I actually played for like about three, four weeks. And then I put it down because I was like, oh, even though we were on lockdown, I'm like, this is ad- addictive. Um, but then I did order the Friday the 13th game where you are the counselors trying not to get killed by Jason. <laughs> playing that on the Switch too. <laughs> because that's fun. Um, yeah, and then Harrison's trying to get me to play The Witcher because I was told The Witcher 3 might be the greatest video game RPG ever made, um, and he wants me to play it. And I watched him play it, and it looks really good, but that's a rabbit hole I'm afraid to go down. So mm-hmm. so uh, that's that. my gaming has mostly been just kind of just playing a little bit of video games and then watching Harrison play his video games. Um, I haven't even, like, we don't even, like, Christopher is sort of in lockdown because he wants to be able to see his son, so he doesn't see too many people with this going on. So... Like, I, we don't even get to game with him, although we did get the expansion for the Dune board game. Oh, hold on, I just dropped all my books. Sorry about that. Yeah, we got the uh, Ixian and Tleilaxu house expansions for the Dune board game, which is just an amazing game. We like it a lot. So I did that. That's like my whole gaming. Um, cool. You, you got any other... Um, I finally watched Venom and Birds of Prey. Oh, so did you watch any good movies? I liked Venom. Uh, really? It wasn't the best. It was fun. It was okay. It was it was okay. I like Tom Hardy in anything. I kind of got a man crush on Tom Hardy. Um, well, that's that's totally understandable. But um, yeah, no, I mean it was it was okay. I mean, I wasn't. There were some funny scenes, but I didn't think that movie was very good. I just didn't like. They had that whole car chase scene, and it's like that was the. I was. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I was bored in that movie. And if I'm bored, as you're saying something, because I watch anything. So. Yeah, we've noticed, Mister mm. Shutter. <sighs> um, so I'm fully anticipating that Venom Two will be better than Venom One. So it's okay. Oh, it's going to be hard not to be. Yep. Anyway, so, um, and then I tried starting Lovecraft Country on HBO. I got through the first two episodes, hit the third one, and stopped. Okay, um, don't tell me anything about it because I haven't started watching it yet, and I, I want to watch it. Uh, you're, you're actually, 
the first person who told me they didn't did you not like it or was it just too much i just couldn't focus um during the third episode like oh, okay. 10 minutes in i turned it off um not because it was bad or poorly done i just couldn't concentrate and i haven't had a chance to get back to it oh okay but the first two episodes are aces Oh, okay, so, good. So it's just that you couldn't keep watching. So it's not that you stopped watching it like you don't want to watch it. It's just you haven't had time to sit down and concentrate and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I feel like that is a show that you need to um, because the acting is so well done. The storyline is a little rambly-dambly, but it's just it's very well done. I have, There's a transition from episode two to three that's a little rough. And I think that's what the issue is. Ah, okay. Interesting. Well, I guess I still have to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. So any other other? Not that I can think of. Okay. Let's see. Um, huh. Where am I at? Let's see. I'm looking at this right now. Um, I'm listening to the fifth Dune book so that I can read, because I haven't read it in years, and Harrison's reading it, so I want to be caught up so I can talk with him about it. Um, what have I watched? I've watched a lot. I actually went to the theaters to go see Tenet. Um, there were six whole people in the theater. I went with Morgan. And, um, I, I did enjoy that movie quite a bit. Uh, I have one of those regal, like the unlimited passes, so I can just go when I feel like it. So I may go again. Uh, because that's a two and a half hour movie and I really didn't understand what the heck was going on until the last 45 minutes. And even then, I think I missed stuff. That movie is, uh, you know, I love Christopher Nolan, but he's starting to get on my my nerves. I'm watching this movie, and it's like, wow, I'm smarter than you. Like, that's just, I felt like he was just trying to, you know, you thought this movie had some confusing parts? Well, go jump in a lake, because watch this new movie. It's like, oh, come on now. Um, but it was pretty cool once it started to, you know, sort of unfold, and, and, and I really started to understand what's happening. Plus, you don't even, you don't, you don't, the special effects were so cool in this movie. Like, you don't even realize how cool they were until you're thinking about them later. Um, when half the movie is going forward in time and the other half on the screen is going backward in time and they're happening at the same time. So there's a battle going on where certain things are blowing up and in other places things are unexploding. It's just crazy. Um, other than that, I watched both seasons of Cobra Kai. By the way, excellent show. Looking forward to season three. Um, way better. Th- I, mean, I actually like this better than I like the Karate Kid, and I grew up with the Karate Kid, so I thought it was pretty good. Uh, what else? Um, uh, the Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. Even though Nicolas Cage does his best to overact and act in completely insane in that movie, we really enjoyed it. Um, I've watched a bunch of stuff on Shutter. I won't even go through all of it. Just if you, just think of weird eighties strange horror films and stuff. I've probably been watching it lately. Um, we're watching Teenage Bounty Hunters on Netflix, and I'm really enjoying that. That's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely TVMA, but it's a lot of fun. And Harrison and I started watching The Blacklist because he wanted to watch more stuff with James Spader after we watched all of Boston Legal Um and then we were watching Pretty in Pink, and he's like, "Is that Spader with hair?" I'm like, "Yes, it is." He's like, "Wow, is he always sounding like he like like he looks down on everybody?" I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much. That's how he got the job as Ultron." So we watched a lot of that. Um, 
I watched. I've been watching. I, I never watched any of them in the theaters, but now I've seen like uh, the Nun and the Conjuring and the Boy and the Boy Two and a bunch of that stuff. And we've been sort of having fun um, watching those things. And there's a couple of cool documentaries on HBO Max that, uh, if you haven't seen them, there's one about like uh, child actors, and it's got like Todd Bridges in it, and. Um, a couple other actors and actresses just going through and talking about what it was like to be a child actor and how rough it is on you and how how uh you know the 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 disappointment you go through and the basically it's how people just sort of use you and then chew you up and spit you out it was really an interesting documentary but i've been watching a bunch of uh documentaries lately i find i really enjoy them like uh I watch them a lot with with uh, with the wife because she likes them too, but that's that's sort of what I've been uh, what I've been watching. Lots of lots of cheesy horror movies, but Tenet, like I said, I saw that and that was good. Oh, and we saw the preview for Dune, and if you're not excited by that, I don't know what's wrong with you because God bless America, I cannot wait till that comes out. I'm going to go see that like every day for a month. I know I am, but that's huh. just me. Have you seen the preview for Dune? No. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's got Timothy no, Chalamet. Come again? Timothy Chalamet. My daughter's got some little stupid TikTok thing where the guy's like, ain't no men worth a thing in this world except for me and Timothy Chalamet. So she uh, she saw the preview start, and she's in the theater, screams out, Chalamet. So um, that's going to be awesome, by the way. The Dune is, oh, I'm so excited for Dune. Oh, and then the- Sting in it? No. The, the new Dune. Uh, oh, and the preview for uh, Mandalorian Season 2 dropped. That looked really good. Um, oh, I did watch Jodorowsky's Dune, which is a documentary on IMDb TV. Like, if you get the app for IMDb TV, there's one called Jodorowsky's Dune, which is the guy who directed El Topo and Santa Sangre and a bunch of other really strange experimental films. And he wanted to direct Dune back in, like, the early 70s. And this is a documentary about all the stuff that he had got put together before funding got pulled. And like he had David Carradine in it and he had he had Orson Welles signed up to be in it and Salvador Dali. He had Pink Floyd doing the music. Um, he had Dan O'Bannon and H.R. Giger doing art for it. Like it was just going to be this banana. Like the documentary is fascinating, fascinating about what they were going to be doing with this movie. I was I couldn't stop watching that. So that's all my other um, because when I'm grading papers and doing stuff, the TV is always on is in the background. Because I, uh, uh, so that's what I've been sort of doing with the. That's it. <laughs> that's cool. a lot, lot of junk. Um, and that's our toolbox. And wow, thirty minutes of toolbox. But you know, we haven't done one in a long time, and it's amazing how much we've done. And none of it has to do with actually playing Warhammer. Um, but what can you do? You know, it's, we're on lockdown. I don't have friends, uh, at least not friends that live within an hour and a half where I can go and actually play a game of Warhammer, um, and especially not during lockdown. So what are you going to do? <sighs> all right, I guess we're going to break, and then we're going to come back, and you're going to tell us all about meeting engagement and why it's awfully cool and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. Yay! All right, fantastic. Folks, we'll be back in a minute.
there's always something happening at Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons and Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section. And you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols. And if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either. But you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because if the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff. And you can find it at Grognards. And why? No why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we're back. We are back with meeting engagement. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, you probably haven't read the entire General's Handbook because you're probably just holding on to the Pitched Battle Profiles 2020, and then you're looking at that, and then the just the the, the different realms of battle and this, that, and the other. Coalition Matrix, what the hell is that? Uh, that would be for Coalition of Death for team games. Oh, look at all that. Look at these nice little charts. I haven't looked at this either. Yeah, because because I because you know why? Because I I'm not a good warhammerer. No, 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 no. That is not the case. You're not a good warhammerer, but no one really paid attention to this. Um, partially because at this point we're kind of conditioned to be like, well, the standard is two thousand points, and we're playing pitch battles, and this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. And is there another way to play? Um, Are you kidding? You know what? I spent half my time looking at the stupid, uh, uh, the uh, not, uh, well, well, not just the anvil, but I spent half my time looking at the uh, narrative games because I got ideas for narrative games for armies I don't even own. So that shows you where I am. I'm, my head's in the narrative because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a goofball. But I'm interrupting you, so keep, please keep talking. Meeting engagement. Oh, if you're not, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're on page 88 in the GHB, and it'll take you up to page, like, 97. Yeah, that's all the scenarios in there, too, or yeah. battle plans, let's say that. Okay. So I skipped over this, too, for a long time uh, because I felt like I was conditioned to you're only playing 2,000-point games. There's no interest for 1,000-point games or anything small. It's 2,000 points. Anything else is like out of bounds or non-conforming or just not within normal limits. You know what I mean? It's just like if you're playing a game, you just sit where you're playing 2000 points pitch battle and that's it. Um, my buddy, Chris, uh, Chris Landis out here, he started pushing us to look at meeting engagement because for him painting like a full 2000 point army is a lot. Um, it's a lot for anybody for the most part. But he wanted to do like a bunch of small little armies that he could do fun and thematic and just 
play new stuff, have fun, and not like have to quote unquote get to that threshold of two thousand points to play with it. So he's been pushing me and a few of the other guys. So we finally played it. Um, and until we finally agreed to play with it, I had never really looked at the rules. And it's like, wait a minute, this is small scale Age of Sigmar with some elements of Warcry. Why are we not playing this? So it's like, why is nobody talking about this? And that's where this episode came from. Yeah, because you're like, oh, we should do this. And I'm like, what is it? And you're like, oh, it's this. I'm like, I haven't even heard about this. And you're like, that's why we should do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So um, essentially what this is is you put together a thousand-point list of whatever, you know, normal like army-type construction rules. But then you have to break it up into three parts, like how you play Warcry, where you have your dagger, your shield, and your hammer. In this, it's your spearhead, main body, and rear guard. And you play on a board that is anywhere from like a 30 by 40 to a 36 by 46, 36 by 48. So it is a much smaller board than what you're used to. So it takes up less space. And the games themselves are only four turns. Okay. So you have to get to work right away. There's no crazy jockey for position. There's no um, like turn wasted. Because like a lot of games, if it, unless you're playing an Alpha Strike Army, that first turn is primarily doing what? I'm asking the question. Moving forward? Yeah. Okay. It's moving miniatures. Right. And taking them off as they get shot. Um, so you're just trying to jockey for position. You're trying to do a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily like engaging, as it were. With meaning engagement, because you're on a smaller board and objective score like immediately, you need to get to work and play the game as fast-paced as you can. So it creates a much more like frantic, have-to-go, like it's excitement all the way through. As opposed to like you have a turn where it's just like I'm moving all of my miniatures and they're not doing anything. Some of them will get shot off and that's the end of it. Okay. This meeting engagement doesn't allow that to happen. Um, in a similar fashion to like how I've put together games uh, where there's secondaries, there's you know your primary objective, et cetera, et cetera. There's multiple ways to score points um, to win the battle plan and each one of them has its own set so you can win on kills you can win on objectives there's just a lot of stuff that will let you stay in the game so even if you feel like you got blown out like i played a game with john and i tabled him by the end of it but he only lost the game by two that's not a lot that's one turn okay with how meaning engagement plays so the other thing I like about this is that the terrain itself matters more because when we played, we played on two Warcry boards stuck together. So imagine that size. Okay. A Citadel wood on a normal six by four board takes up approximately um, one sixteenth of the board. 
So it's a very small percentage of the board is taken up by one piece of terrain. So a lot of times you may not even interact with that piece of terrain with meeting engagement that same wood takes up an eighth of the board. Well, the board's half the size, right? Instead of a a six by four, it's a three by four. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is that in Age of Sigmar right now, there's a lot of board space that isn't utilized. If you really think about it. Okay. This doesn't have that. So you actually like interact with terrain where something is going to happen everywhere because of how the deployment works or you come on different table edges. So you're going to interact with everything as opposed to standard games where you may not interact with a piece of terrain at all or anything like that because of. Oh, you're talking about each works. piece of terrain. They're like, because I'm like, well, I don't know what games you're playing, but I mean, my guys go through some terrain. Of course, I drop like ten pieces of terrain on the board too. Like, we we put no, a lot but that's of what you're supposed to do, right? For a six by four, but for a lot of it, even then, you're only gonna what skirt past it as opposed to actually engage with it. So it doesn't really do anything. It just sits there and looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Meeting engagement doesn't allow that because you have less space to move around it because your board is already smaller. So you can create these more interactive tables and you actually interact with them because you're forced to. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just kind of get to it. So on page 88, essentially you're building a 1,000 point army. Um, it's the same kind of rules. You can't do the um, multiple wound negation. You can only re-roll a re-roll once. So it's like the standard normal rules, but you have... Um, There's a, a whole thousand... lot of stuff here, though. Yeah. So you have to take your army and then break it up into the three chunks, um, which is the spearhead, the main body, and then the rear guard. Your list writing is a bit trickier because everything matters more. You have less points to play with, so you can't like you have to take units to get objectives. You have to take units that are going to remove the other guy's models effectively. And then you need supporting characters or units or buffs or whatever. So you run out of space very quickly in okay. meeting engagements. You have to pay attention to what you're doing. Now there's a whole bunch of restrictions here. Can I kinda can I kinda go over these really quick before we get to the even setting up your contingencies? Yeah, sure. All right, because I'm looking at this. So you pick your army, and um, you have to pick an allegiance, you know, like like normal. You can spend 1,000 points. Now, you can have up to one War Scroll Battalion. Okay, that's it. You can only have one, and you got to pay for it just like anything. So you can play a 1,000-point game if you want to put in a battalion. Now, question right off the bat. Um, in some of these... Uh, you you bring in different things on different turns. So if you have a battalion, do you still deploy as a whole battalion? Like if that if they come in on that turn, or like you just deploy. One second. Um, okay. The answer is no. I don't believe so. Um, I don't think you can do the all at once deploy, or you have to do it when. Um, what do you call it? See, it's Hang interesting. Well, I'm just, I mean, if it says you bring only, uh, if you're only bringing in your uh, spearhead on turn one, 
But let's say you have a, a couple of units that are from the same battalion. Could you drop all of them at once or you drop one unit and they drop you? Like, I'm not certain how dropping units counts. But we can come back to that. You could look that we could figure that out. But the honest back. answer is I don't know why you would take a battalion in meeting engagement. Well, it, because you only got a thousand points. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. the same thing, but you can. It's there. So, all right. You cannot choose more than two units from, of the same war scroll unless they're part of a battalion that says you can take more than two units. So you can only take two of any unit, and. You can now if they're in the spearhead, you can only take the minimum size. Uh, if they're in the main body, you can take double the minimum size as your maximum. So if it's between of battle line units of battle line units only. So if you got a battle line unit that's ten to sixty or, or ten to forty, you can minimum is ten. You can take up to twenty. That's it. You're maxed out there, uh, which is probably not too bad considering you're only playing a thousand points anyway you probably can't go crazy with the cheese whiz on some of these uh and then in your rear guard any unit that's coming in as the rear guard can be double size interesting so the big thing with that is that you have to pay attention to your war scrolls like blade geist revenants you buy them in a box of 10 but the min size unit is five right so if you want to take them as a double size they have to go on your rear guard and even then you can only get it to 10 as opposed to like units of 20 of something like the biggest units you can get are like the 40 man uh, grot units or skaven units or whatever you can buy multiples of 20 of okay. even then you can only get it up to 40 um, the other thing to consider is that with media engagement it literally becomes you buy a box and that's a unit as opposed to buying three, four, five, six boxes of stuff for one unit. Well, that's true. Playing at this, yeah, well, you're playing a thousand point army. Yeah, so it's it's playing much, you, you know, and you can't, it's the, the, the two, not two of any war scroll. So you could conceivably buy two boxes of your Bladegeist Revenants and double them, and so you could have two units of ten, right? As a, am I correct? And then if they would you both put have to go in your the rear, rear guard. guard, yes. Okay, interesting. So, and yeah, the big thing is that the two war scroll limit prevents spamming, unless you take it in a battalion, in which case you are paying out the nose to take more than two units of anything. Right, because your battalions are going to be at least a hundred points. And that's 10% of your army right on that. At a minimum. Yeah. So okay. We talk about battalions like in 2K games and it's like that's – it could be another unit um, or you can get the artifact, you get the command point. Like you find all the reasons to take the battalion. In here, that battalion is literally that much that much of a chunk of your army. So it then the decision becomes even harder. So you're not going to see spamming multiple artifacts. You're not going to see the 12 million D command points and everything like that. So um, you can only take one allied unit instead of the normal, like one out of every four up to X many points. It's you get one allied unit up to 200 points. Okay. Um, And then you can only take one endless spell. That's it. 
Only oh, you're sort of limited to one. In, okay. Yeah. So what this does is on a smaller board, there are some endless spells, warp lightning vortex, um, that become obscene, especially when you combo with the rest of the combo, like the soul, soul snare shackles. Um, and a few other things, it just, it would become obscene to have that. So they put the limit as you can only take one endless spell. All right. So I got um, one endless spell, uh, up to one battalion. And you can still purchase an extra command point, right? Yeah, up to, f- you can spend 50 points to get an extra command point. You could have one allied unit. No larger than minimum size. It is not included in battle line, but it does count towards leaders, behemoth, and artillery. So if it is a battle line unit that you pick as an ally, it just doesn't count in any category or like it doesn't count towards your minimum? It cannot be larger than minimum size. So if I wanted to take a unit of Black Art Corsairs Mm -hmm. with my Deepkin, I can only take a unit of 10 of them. So that just is that just counts as an other then, right? Though, like, That's if, an it, other. and if it's a battle line unit, you just count it as an other. Yes, essentially, it counts as effectively just an other unit. That's it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, what we're talking about here with like the spearhead, the main body, and the rear guard is then you have to break up your army into contingents. So, in the spearhead, this is the stuff that's on the board first. Um, Zero to one leader. So you don't even have to start with a character on the board. Okay. Zero to one battle line and zero to two other units. And none of those can be double sized. Now, and no behemoths, no artillery. Yeah. You do need to have at least one unit per um, component. I'm trying to figure out the best word for it. So even though the spearhead, like, there you don't have to have you don't have to have any of these minimum in your spearhead you still have to have a unit in your spearhead even though yes. it's yeah okay so you have to have at least one unit in the spearhead at least one unit in your main body and at least one unit in your rear guard well the main body is minimum two but we'll get to minimum that. oh yes because you have to have at least one leader and at least one battle line so you have minimum two okay yeah so then the main body and this is So essentially how this works is you come on within three inch, wholly within three inches of a board edge, whatever edge you're assigned to come on in. Um, There is some rules for overflow if your base is too big. Um, And generally it's just essentially fudging it, but like officially. So with the main body, you get one to two liters, zero to one behemoths, no artillery, one plus battle line, and then the only... Units that can be double-sized are battle line. So this makes you pay attention to who your general is because determining your general will also determine what units you can take double-sized because they may count as battle line with a different general. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, just playing Night Haunt, Grim Gas Reapers are battle line. Right. So, in my main body, I could put a unit of 20 Grim Guest Reapers out, and that's a battle line unit. Question. Answer. Realm Lords. Sure. I take one unit of spears. Mm-hmm. Once I take a unit of spears, then 
horses and bows count, you can take one of those as battle line if you have mm-hmm. a unit of spears. So if I was to take a unit of spears, then I could take it double-sized. And then if I chose to take an the archers or the or the or the light cav they could also be double sized because then they would count one of them would count as battle line you pick one of them to count as battle line right okay so yeah okay okay cool cool um and then the rear guard is zero to one leader zero to one behemoth zero to two artillery zero to battle line zero to anything else and then any unit in the rear guard can be double sized when appropriate so like um, Alapexes. You could take two in a unit. And then anything that doesn't have a specified battlefield role is the other. Am I correct? And the allied unit, yes. Okay, and the allied unit. Oh, wow, okay. Huh. So, essentially, and I'll, I'll actually pull up, because I did write an example list. Um, this is what I played uh, when we did this uh, well, bit of gaming. Do we want to do the example lists later, or, or did we want to jump into those now? I'll do just the Night Haunt one that I wrote. Okay. It's this way you can get an idea of how it breaks down. Um, so for the Spearhead, I had a Lord Executioner, 10 Grim Gas Reapers, which was the battle line component, because okay. they're battle line and Night Haunt, and then a unit of four Mirmorn Banshees, which was the other Okay. For my main body, I had a Knight of Shrouds, who is my general, a Guardian of Souls, so there's my one to two heroes, and two units of 10 Chain Rasps. Now, I could have done two units of 20, but I just went with the two units of 10. Okay, you can so do there's, yeah, 20 because you can do double. Okay. Because they're battling. Um, and then the rear guard was a Spirit Torment for my zero to one hero, and then a unit of 10 blade guys, which was my, one of my zero to two others. Okay. And that was a double unit, a double size unit because they're not battle line. Right. But the, yeah, because they're in the rear guard, any unit could be double sized. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and you gotta, and a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, the different, um, what do you call it? I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the words here. The battle plans, you're, I mean, and they literally come out. Uh, you're, you got to start and then turn one or turn two. So you got some guys on the board, and it, your, your, your spearhead is on the board, and then your main body comes in next, and then your rear guard comes in on turn two usually, with some exceptions. There are some in here that shows different ways you can do that, I think. Um. But, yeah, oh, okay. there's one scenario that allow that does that. Um, but the big thing is that you have to really pay attention to where goes into wh- like what goes into where, because your spearhead is the thing that's going to be on the board by itself for potentially two turns if you get double turned without help. Oh, so how the thing works is like at the start of the game you deploy your spearhead contingent and it has to be wholly within three of whatever table edge it's assigned to. And then at the end of your first turn, you'll get your main body 
wholly within three inches of whatever edge oh, it's supposed the, to come on. At the end of your first turn? At the end of turn one. So, well, then how would they be by themselves if you get double turned? Because if your spearhead has moved up to play with the objectives. Okay. And at the end of turn, your first turn. Oh, they deploy at the end of turn one. So they're all the way in the back along the deployment edge. And if they're a wizard, they would have cast no buffs or anything like that. So they're all the way on their own. And then if your opponent gets the double turn, your spearhead could get hit by their spearhead and their main body before you have a chance to retaliate. And then at the end of their second turn, then their rear guard's coming in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the example I gave, that's why I put the Grim Gas and the Mirmorns up first, along with the Lord Executioner, because they're all like the four of Ethereal save. And then the Lord Executioner has a secondary save on top of the Deathless Spirit save. Interesting. Because like the Chain Rasp is only a five. So putting the four ups up there makes them a little tougher, a little harder to get through. In case it was a situation where they're on their own for two turns, facing essentially most of their army. Okay. Um, t- explain to me the terrain, like how much you use and how what you put out. Um, I'm looking at this right here where it says terrain primary list and terrain secondary list. Yeah, so... Is this what I have to use? No. Okay, I was going to say, I don't have all this stuff. No, this is an example of what to do. Now, on this board that's roughly two Warcrite boards put together, they're saying you use four pieces of terrain. Okay. Um, Seems we light to me. We played with five. Okay. Three of them were Citadel Woods. Honestly, you could go as high as six, I think is what I would do. So this way, again, the boards take up... The boards are more interactive that way. Um, right. Because the other issue with meeting engagement a lot of the time is that if you're playing like a shooting heavy army, mm-hmm. uh, such as Caradrons, you're playing non-engage and you shoot your opponent to death if there's not adequate terrain. So if you're going to be playing the game, you have to be cognizant of like making the board look pretty, have it be interactive, have different terrain on it, but you don't need as much terrain because each terrain feature is that much bigger on a smaller board. That was the reason, like I had mentioned, like the Citadel Wood went from a 16th of the board to an 8th of the board. Okay, right. So you don't need as much terrain, so it makes it much easier to get started. It makes it much easier to play because you don't need, like, the 10 pieces of terrain. All right. I mean, the You'll board's half like the size, so you only need yeah. half the terrain. I mean, that mm-hmm. that goes without saying, I guess. Um, I still, yeah, I would still think, I'd, I'd still throw, be throwing out yeah, five or six pieces out there just because I, I, like, I like a lot of terrain on my battlefield, but that's just me. Yeah. The reason I keep bringing it up is because like I had mentioned before, there's just so much terrain that doesn't get used, and now you're actually going to be using it. Now you're actually going to be engaging with it. Yeah. And oh, and I could see if you've got only four, you only want four or five pieces because if your opponent brings a piece of, like if they got a piece of terrain that's part of their army, they're going to want room to put it down too. Like I can't just clutter up the board so that screw your, uh, screw your giant uh, uh, bad moon piece of terrain or your, or your. Yeah. St- yeah, so I, that's I, the other thing to consider okay. is that 
the faction terrain is a lot harder to place. Um, like the boats, like for deep game, those things are gigantic. Yeah. To, for their placement restrictions, you may not get a whole boat. You may only get two halves of a boat. You may not be able to put down your loon shrine. You may not be able to put down your uh, pizza oven for the fire slayers. Um, interesting. And that one creates an interesting dilemma because of how the pizza engine is deployed because it has to be within range of a priest. So you have to put a priest in your spearhead to even get the pizza oven. Ah, okay. I got you. So you have to like really pay attention to that sort of stuff. And if you have like a loon shrine or whatever, you have to think about where your units are going to be coming on. So again, it may be off on its own turn one, but you're setting it up for something to happen later. So the faction terrain actually like it's a bit of a difference in how you have to think about what it does. In addition to you may not be able to deploy it just because there's no room. Got you. All right. So, so you really got to think. You can't just take up. I mean, I mean, if you play Warcry, you already know how this kind of is. You can't just be throwing out your little guys with nothing and hoping that, uh, hoping that every hoping for the best because you're gonna you're gonna quickly find them wiped out. And uh, mm-hmm. huh, yeah, okay. you could do. Like I tried to do the uh, multiple small unit or MSU style with the Night Haunt because they are fast. They can run objectives. They can get to where they need to go. Um, that's what made the Blade guys so much more appealing to me because they can retreat and charge and their movement eight. So they can get where they need to go. And just the removal of the spamming portion of like taking X many units of horrors taking X many units of Morsar guard. Like you can't take a lot of eels in meeting engagement because you still need to have at least four units. Well, three units and at least one hero and you can't take that many eels. So it just prevents like the abrasive stuff from getting out and with how the behemoths deploy, they only get like two or three turns of doing anything. Right. So you could bring this big old monster, but he's coming in halfway through the game. Yeah. I mean, you can get one in the main body, but still he's off the board for turn one, essentially. Right. Uh, Then he gets deployed at the end of your first turn. Then he comes on. He may not get to anything turn two. So behemoths create a very interesting dilemma because they're not going to get shot. They're just not because they're going to be off the board for a good chunk of the game to where you could engage the opponent's shooting elements, Hmm. but they only get a turn or two of effectiveness. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So you should also probably talk about like just like the smaller board in general. Um, Shooting is a much bigger thing because you're in range so much quicker. Like with Warcry, um, the bo- the shooting units are not particularly long range on average. 
like you would think because like a bow in Warcry is like what an eight inch range right with sigmar it's 24 so the ranges are quite a bit different but if you look at like a long strike crossbow in sigmar that's a 30 inch shot yeah so you can touch somebody on the back of the board turn one essentially um so yeah, that's close that's, up your guy can see almost the you, you get your guy towards the center of the board he's just he can fire at anything anywhere exactly nice so you need to pay attention to uh the shooting elements but again you can't spam them you can only take two units of vanguard raptors because of the two max war scroll so it removes the spam it also makes just the shooting a bit trickier to be let me try let me try that again uh it makes the shooting um much more powerful because you're in range quicker and in early turns you can start to rack up game points or victory points for kills so that can put you ahead very quickly and we'll get into how to score points in just a second um but the other flip side is that you're that much closer to close combat armies. So it's kind of a trade. So you get into it right away where you may get like blitzed just by how fast and how close you are to a combat unit just because of the small board. Um, I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing any like key point. Auxiliary um, objectives. Yeah. So... We'll come back to that. Okay. Um, so, with, um, so essentially, what this is encouraging is it creates like a true balanced list situation. You could max into shooting, but you're not going to be scoring objectives. And is that it's the same dilemma that you have with playing a shooting army in full scale? Age of Sigmar, like, is that really a game? Because it's the non-engage. So. You could do that, but if you're doing the terrain correctly, it takes up a lot more influence so you block lanes uh, for shooting purposes. So that's why I'm kind of like hemming and hawing about the terrain thing is just that you need to be cognizant of it because it can become abrasive if you create this open battlefield. Because um, then it just becomes a shooting gallery and that's no fun for anybody. Okay. Um. Endless spells that you may not normally take in full-scale games of Age of Sigmar. Um, and the particular example I have is a Suffocating Gravetide. Because it is so slow. But, again, because the distance is closed, that massive tide of death and dirt really makes a difference on that small of a board. And you may not normally take that in a full-scale game of Age of Sigmar because it doesn't have the area of a f- area of influence that it does on that small of a board. Interesting. So it starts to create more diversity in list building. You have zero to two of anything, and endless spells suddenly become different. And the things that have, like, auras... Um, they stay the same ranges, but the area of influence is so much bigger because the board is smaller. Your boards have the size, right? Yeah. So, like a stone hurt, the stone hurt king, like his two foot bubble 
when you move him with a minus one to hit, that's gigantic. That's a quarter of the board is influenced by his ability, not an eighth of the board. Same thing with like a Achillean Leviathan. <coughs> Sorry. Okay. So it's just auras are a thing and you're not trying to squeeze these massive units into auras because of the sizes. So you essentially always get your aura ability and it's a lot easier to get them. Your units are just smaller. Okay. So, um, which means you have an easier time to fit them wholly within. Correct. <laughs> See, I can think. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So auxiliary objectives. Let's talk about those real quick. Yeah. So these are the hidden agendas that um, GW has been uh, doing for the last couple of years. This is uh, like with, the old tertiary objectives we used to play, where it would. It is exactly the same thing. Now, except in here, it says if you complete more than your opponent, you count a draw as a minor victory. So these only really affect you in case of a draw. Yes. Okay. So these things, well, it keeps, it keeps you from getting a draw. Okay. So, but if you already had a minor victory, it doesn't change anything. No. But it's, with how these scenarios play, or the battle plans play, you have the two primary ways to score points, kills and objectives. And then you have to take care of these auxiliaries because if you tie on points, you then have to go down to these auxiliaries to determine a tiebreaker. So... Okay. You have to pay attention to three things at once while trying to deal with your not necessarily optimal deployments and adjusting to what your opponent does, and you only have four turns to do it. Okay, so each turn, scoring points, okay? Mm-hmm. And it seems to be the same for every one of these different battle plans. At the end of the battle round, not each player turn, but the battle round... Mm-hmm. The player who controls the most objectives gets three victory points, and if it's equal, you each get one. So I could have a bunch on my turn, but if you at the if you're if you're playing see, playing second, suddenly becomes a thing. Yeah, because if I can go second, then I have that chance to either even it up or pull it ahead because it's at the end of that second person's turn that you mm-hmm. decide who gets now if you're if you've got more objectives you get three victory points if you're tied you get one victory point so the two of obj- yeah one each yeah so the the two objective uh scenarios really suddenly get can get vicious yeah because you have to control them all to get... Uh, if you each control one, it's like, okay, we each get a point. And so nobody's taking the lead. You really have to grab and get ahead. Now, the second way to get points is at the end of the battle round, you add up all the wounds characteristics of all the enemy models that were slain during that round. So this becomes a lot of... This can become a lot of models because I'm killing guys in my turn and in your turn. So you got to sort of keep them off to the side and keep track of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's their... It's their wound characteristic. So you basically t- total up all the wounds, not all the wounds you did, 
Because if you got that five-wound ogre and I took three wounds off him, he's sitting on the board. None of that counts. It only counts for dead models. Right? Am I correct in this? You are. And at the end of the round, whoever got the higher total gets two victory points. And if you tie, which seems like it might be difficult. If you're playing, um, if you're both playing combat armies, turn one, you may not kill anything. Oh, that's true. And so neither of you kill anything. And at the end of the first battle round, you each get one point. Okay, so you each, mm-hmm. I li- if you tie, you each get one, but if you get, and I, it's obviously more important to grab objectives than to just kill, because you get three for the majority of objectives, and one each for the tie, but you get two for the most number of wounds on dead models, as opposed to one for the tie. This is, this is, this could be fun. It's not a could be, um, it is. Uh, <laughs> and then... For how these scenarios work, um, if you want to get the major, you have to win by more than by five or more points. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's take a look at that because that's something that we didn't talk about. Yeah, okay, hold on. So, oh, so it's only a minor if you have one, oh five or that's a lot in four turns. Yeah, it is. You really have to kick someone in the teeth to do that in four turns. Uh huh. You could run a one-day event with 1,000-point games, and it says this takes up to 90 minutes. Yeah. You can do four rounds in like six, seven hours. Like do it a day, have short breaks in between the rounds, in between the first two rounds, stop for lunch. You know, conveniently, in the back of this book, they have a schedule laid out for a five-game media engagement tournament. Really? Yes. Hold on, I'm looking for that. Team format battles, pitch battle, meeting engagement, tournament pack. Short schedule, three rounds, start at nine. Well, that's an hour for registration. I probably probably won't need that. But if you start the first round at 10 o'clock, you could be done by five. And that's with taking a half-hour break in between the first two rounds and an hour break in between the second and third round. Huh. And you could do a fifth round thing, start early, and be done by eight o'clock. Huh. And then suddenly those little major minors and all those little mini objectives suddenly become huge. Yeah, if you're playing this as a tournament environment. Um, so. Five points, that's a lot. That is a lot to get when you can only. I mean, the most the most you could get in a round is five, five points. Five points. Against and then your opponent would get, well, end up getting nothing if you did that. Yeah, but the risk you run is again if you're trying to cap the objectives, you're letting your opponent get the top of the turn, which means they can either set up on those objectives and you have to kick them out, or they have the potential to hit you first before you can get to the objectives. So you got, and so, then, and you're, and you're not laying out your whole army. You're laying, they're coming in in, in waves because it's a different of terms. how the deployment works. It's a to- with this the is, so I mean, I mean, no kidding. This is a totally different game. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, I it's, sat there. It's not just a thousand point game. This is a. Compl- I mean, they literally took part of the coolest elements of Warcry 
and then oh man i stupid covid this would be so awesome to be playing at warhammer club after school yeah it takes up because the kids love um, my, my students adore war cry that is the thing that gets played most at at Warhammer Club is Warcry. More than Underworlds, more than anything else. The kids love to play Warcry. 10, 12 models coming in. If they could see how to play a thousand point game using these rules, you could really you could really get someone into this and then introduce them to two thousand point Warhammer and then suddenly they're coming to Adepticon. Or you can stay at a thousand points and collect multiple different armies for meeting engagement like I had initially planned on doing my night haunt up to 2,000 points. I'm not anymore. <laughs> because I just want to keep it as meeting engagement. So and this is how allows... they get you to buy a little bit of everything. Okay. You can do that with like a Grand Alliance army anyway. But this yeah. is one of those things where if 2,000 point armies is that slog. And we'll talk about that because that's one of the other like perks I wanted to talk about with doing... Um, this particular game mode is that you don't have to slog through a million D models. I mean, how many models is your night on army at 2000 points? I don't recall, but it's a hundred and something. Cause I got two units of two or three units of 40, I think exactly. I got two units of 40 chain rasps. And then I've got, yeah, so I got at least a hundred, 120, 130 models in, in my, the list I rattled off was 48. And that's not an elite army. Because if you're playing an elite army, you're going to have even less, right? Yeah. The example chaos list, and again, here's the other thing. And we'll actually, we'll finish up with like the other thing with um, meeting engagement is the artifact. Because you only usually get one. Right, right. Because... Generally, you're not going to be able to get a battalion. You also have a much smaller general pool of artifacts now because the realm artifacts are gone. Thank goodness. So if you take a specific storm host, you're stuck with that artifact. Oh, that's right. Because if you take the, if you choose a, a realm or a or a storm host or whatever they call it for the oh. The first artifact you take has to be that. So this isn't like one of those situations where the first artifact, this is your only artifact. So you have to be really cognizant of what you're doing with everything because you're not going to get a battalion to get another artifact to complete the combo. So this isn't like, this isn't just, you got to make hard choices because you don't have that many points to spend. You got to make hard choices because you got to split it up into threes. You're probably mm-hmm. only getting that one artifact. So is the benefit of being that from that faction or that group outweigh huh? your limits? Now, granted, there's stuff like Anvil Guard and the Grey Feared um, for Fire Slayers where you can get extra artifacts, but uh-huh. you're still trading some things for others. So Interesting. Yeah, um, but the big I, thing is that it every choice in your army matters. So it's not like you can take cheap screening units because if that unit dies, it's dead. Um, 
and you can't just like take units with their intention is to die because even a unit of chain rasps is 10% of your army effectively. Yeah. So it just suddenly elevates the list building, the decision making. And the thing is it, this game mode does not equal less fun because it's just as tactical, if not more so than a full game of age of Sigmar because you have to make all these hard choices you have to, it creates more opportunities for engagement because you're in it right away. You're interacting with your opponent from the get-go. You're not spending a turn watching him or her move their models. And you're not doing the same. Do you use the anvil of apotheosis ever? Or can you? Or have you? Why not? Okay, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because I haven't played a game where I've gotten to use one yet, so I'm just asking if this well, is somewhere where you can use that. Absolutely. As long as your opponent agrees to it or the TO says you can. Cool. So the thing with the Anvil stuff is that it can... Hang on, I'm stuck. There we go. The thing with the Anvil is that it can fill holes or you can really embrace the narrative of an army by playing meeting engagement um, without having the like quote unquote pressure to build it out to 2000 points. Like the city's army that I've been planning, I'm like pushing and trying to figure out how can I get this to add to this, to add to this, to get up to a full 2000 point army. But with meeting engagement, I only have to get a thousand points. So it's the units I want and I'm not doing like a bucket of miniatures for each one. So this will allow me to really embrace my creativity. Like if I want to convert every model in an army, this is an easier way to do that because it's less models. You can spend more time on them. You can really like embrace the theme and limit your choices. So it, I think this has a really good tie into narrative gaming Hmm. because you're essentially creating like this small, war band but you're still playing age of sigmar so i don't know like it plays faster there's less game time shenanigans because you have to get that fourth turn you just have to because of how tight the game margin is gotcha so you have to get to that fourth turn you can do a five-game tournament in a day. You can have a true winner. How often do we get to do that? Play a one-game, a one-day event, and have a true winner at the end of it. That's pretty. We cool. don't. I'm, that's. I'm. I, I'm sold. I am sold. So like, I definitely want to give this. I definitely want to give this a try. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, okay, I'm sold. I know people right now are shocked. I know people right now are just shocked that, 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 I, that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. But no, this is, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I definitely um, want to give this a play now. Like, this, this, there's a definite bit of strategy here that I had not been thinking of um, doing other things. Yeah. It's a lot more accessible to get into Age of Sigmar because it's cheaper in general. So like the start collecting boxes that GW has pushed 
since their inception, really, that's a chunk of your army for right. Age of Sigmar. Right. For oh, this, oh. it is like half, two-thirds of your army, depending on the box. Question. Answer. You made a couple of lists, you said. You didn't by any chance make one with like those big armored-up oryx, have you? Like an Iron Jaws list? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did? Mm-hmm. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break because we need to take our last break. Then we're going to come back, and then you're going to tell me about this Iron Jaws list because not, not that I want to start another army because I'm not, but if I was, it would definitely be Iron Jaws because those armored-up oryx are just... God, Oh, I love those. I love those. I love those models so much. Like that's something that I would definitely want to just just sit there. There's a reason I wrote it, and that's because I have the same thing. Yeah, like painting. We'll come back to that. I don't want to paint a whole army of it necessarily, but boy, I just like those. You, I like those guys in the in that in that that armor. It looks so good. As you're talking, I'm like, oh, I could get a star collecting box of just that if that's enough. All right, so break and then back, and then we're going to do at least one more list and then wrap this up because uh, we got to wrap this up. So, all Mm -hmm. right, we'll be back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back talking a few examples and the ease of getting into meaning engagement. Yes, yes. So, Iron Jaws. Um, <laughs> we'll just start with, you know, the hot topic. Um, so that start collecting box is a unit of pigs, a war chanter, and ten ard boys. So to get that to meaning engagement... You're looking at a warp adding a mega boss on foot, a weird knob shaman, and I believe two boxes of brutes. And that's it. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, so start go, go do that. Give me that one more time. I'm writing this down. Give me that one more time. Start collecting box. Start collecting iron jaws. Yes. Which comes okay, with what? Com- that is one unit of three gorgontas. 
and two units of five Ard Boys or one unit of ten. Okay. And then a Mega Boss on foot. So, okay. There's a Mega Boss on foot coming to start collecting box? No, no. Uh, no, the no. star collecting is the three pigs, the ten art boys, and a war chanter. Okay. I have art boys, old metal ones, but that's not even that's neither here nor there. Okay, so then what else do I got to buy? A weird knob shaman. Okay. Because you're gonna want some magic. Right. He's also a pretty crazy model, even if it's the Uwawi Esher got a pee stance. Right. Um, the mega boss on foot which is an absolute boss of a model, as it were. Uh-huh. Um, and then two boxes of Brutes. Oh, that's right, because you only have two War Scrolls worth of Brutes, so you're going to have to have some of this other stuff. You could do two units of ten Brutes, um, because they are battling in Iron Jaws. But the other issue then becomes you still need units to go cap objectives. You still need units to do this, that, and the other thing. So that's why I did them as two fives instead of a ten. Okay. And they're five in a box. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And that's it. <laughs> but again, it's you're playing these armies that you may want to paint like a handful of them because the models are cool, but you just don't want to take it to the 2K level. I got so you, you actually get to like paint the models that you enjoy painting and still play games with them. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So there's that one. And then um, I do have the two lists that uh, John and Chris played when okay. we did our games. So Chris was playing uh, ogres, mod tribes. So his spearhead was a butcher and two mornfang. That was it. Okay. The main body was an Icebrow Hunter, who was his general, uh, two Mornfang, and four Kitty Cats. And then the rear guard was a Huskard on Thundertusk and four Kitty Cats. Hmm. That's it. That's a start collecting box, a Hunter, some Cats, and a Butcher. That's it. Okay. And you're playing. Um, let's see. John was playing um, Cities of Sigmar using uh, Anvil Guard. So his spearhead was an assassin, which you just don't see anymore. Right. Um, with the Venom Fang blade. Now that thing just completely decimated units of ghosts left and right. Because... If you roll a six to hit with the assassin, it does D3 mortal wounds. If you roll a six, or it's a six to wound with the assassin, it does D3 mortal wounds. If you do the Venom Fang Blade and roll a six to hit, it also does D3 mortal wounds. So any six that he rolled to hit was D3 mortal wounds. Or roll to wound was D3 mortal wounds. So that gets right through the ethereal stuff, and he just completely made a mess of anything I threw at him. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, five Dark Riders and ten Shadow Warriors. In the main body, he had a Darkling Coven Sorceress, who is his general, a Black Ark Fleetmaster, 20 Bleak Swords, 20 Executioners, and then his rear guard was 5 Drake Spawn. Sweet! And you can just do these small, themey little armies 
that you can just paint the models you like, play with them, and they're still fun to play with. And it doesn't feel like you're not playing a full army. It just, when you play the game, the stuff that you have on the board takes up so much more space because the board is that much smaller. But it doesn't feel like you're not playing a full army because the lists I rattled off, like John's army was almost like 60 models. Wow, okay. That's still a full-scale army. The one I was playing with was 48. It still feels like a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. yeah. But you're only playing 1,000 points. So it doesn't feel like it's necessarily not a full army game. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. Um, and then the other one was that I put together was a Slaves to Darkness list using the Slaves to Darkness start collecting box, um, which is a Lord on Karakadrak or whatever the big ugly lizard is. Um, five knights, ten warriors, a sorcerer, a couple chariots, and... I want to say that was it. Oh, and then um, a unit of untamed beasts. And that was it. Interesting. It's just, it gets you playing Age of Sigmar quicker. You get to do these cool thematic armies if you want to. You get to paint the models that you want without like the pressure of having to get to full 2,000 points. And it has these scenarios where it's just a lot to pay attention to. So you're still thinking as tactically and you have to play fast. So there's no wasted anything anymore. So I don't know. Like, uh, no, I, I, I it, is it sounds great. To, it is a lot to process, but once you get in and get playing, like it felt like playing Age of Sigmar for the first time again. Cool. It was that, big of an experience for me because I'll be honest I've been kind of in the dumps about AOS for I don't know probably about eight months <laughs> like it's just the interest has not been there it's not been like my primary focus I've wanted to like just dabble off into other things this can this got me back nice. and actually wanting to play and of course, pandemic. Well, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Like, I honestly don't know how many more two thousand point armies I have left in my system, but a couple one k armies. It's a little different. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need you to send me all those lists, though, so I can add them into the show notes. Sure. So that way, if anyone wants to look into the show notes, uh, that will be, uh, well, that'll be in the show notes on the uh, Patreon page because um, that's where the full notes go. But yeah, send me that stuff so I can get that in there because uh, sure. that's pretty cool. Um, all right. Well, there's a show. It's late, but it's a show. I know we're just never on time anymore, but what are you going to do? Um, we're Hey, we're doing two a month, and I'm pleased as punch that we're still doing two a month. <laughs> So, um, all right. So next time, um, I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something. This is, uh, 
Hey, folks, if you are playing this, dude, go to the Facebook page or something and let us know if you've been if you tried this or if this is going on or how your games are going because this uh, this is a whole different way to play Age of Sigmar. Um, and you don't have to buy Warcry to do it, but you get all the cool rules from Warcry to do it. So this is, I don't know, this is pretty exciting. This is pretty cool. I'm going to write up a few lists, I think. Yeah, you should. Like, yeah. You, I stopped writing lists, like, just in general. I don't know. Like, Holy Havoc. Or Holy Wars. That was the, actually, like, it was a few weeks prior to Holy Havoc was the last time I really, Holy Wars, and I really, really sat down and thought about a list. So it's been, like, I don't know, seven months. Not just because of pandemic, but whatever. Like, seven months where I've really, like, cognitively thought about how to write a list. Over the last couple of weeks, I've just been on my phone every day looking at War Scroll Builder and just putting it together. So Cool. And fun fact, War Scroll Builder has its own setup for meeting engagement where it'll tell you as you assign things where your limits are, where your maximums are. Um, so War Scroll Builder, top notch for doing meeting engagement stuff. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's about it. So uh, before we leave, I suppose uh, we definitely want to want to thank our sponsors once again. Uh, you know, Casark Superstore, Six Squared Studios, Grognard Games, and uh, definitely want to thank all of our Patreon patrons. Uh, again, associate producers Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, Lance Payer, AJC, AJC, executive producers Colin Miller and um, Andrew Frank Hewson. Always stumbling over that. And, of course, once again, those newest patrons, those people who just jumped in, James Glover, Christopher J. LaBelle, and Reed Bambridge. Thank you all, every last one of you patrons who have done your helping. uh, Okay, words. Thank you all. Being part of the 1% make this show possible. Thank you so much. Alex. Dave. Uh, thanks for suggesting this because uh, another book and while it's fun uh, this is just something different something we haven't done in a while just, and I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to try this I'm yeah. gonna, uh, Harrison's I think I think I got Harrison a general's handbook if not I need to mm-hmm. um, yeah I gotta add that to the list but I'm gonna get him one of these and I'm gonna tell him to look at this because this would be a nice smaller bit that he would like because I know he's not a huge fan of Warcry uh, and I think the thing he doesn't like about it is just you roll and then you just they, they, everybody takes wounds like mm-hmm. the, the the quickness of it like throws him off he doesn't see he's like oh, there's not a lot of strategy if I just roll and you take models off and I'm like oh well, actually there is you're not paying attention but I think on this using that and doing this he might like this and it's a smaller game so we can play quickly in the evening when and then he can get back to playing the Witcher for the but uh, no, I think this is. I'm excited. So, I, and I hope there's other people playing. If there are folks, let us know what you're playing. Um, we would really much, really uh, like to hear if you're playing this and uh, include uh, your spearhead, main body, and rear guard lists. Um, all right, folks. Uh, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page 
at patreon.com slash If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garagehammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garagehammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.